What up? What is going on for the Big Ten East preview? You clicked that button. I'm happy to be with you. This is your host, Tyler Fessler of the Big Ten Football Focus podcast presented by Woos Media. In this podcast, I will be breaking down each individual team. I will be giving you two key players that I want you guys to be paying attention to, whether that is on the offense or the defensive side of the ball. I will also be going over the schedule a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about the coaches and where we see the Big Ten East and kind of the hierarchy as it goes. Uh, We had very... Good success with the Big Ten West podcast, and I cannot wait to dive into the Big Ten East podcast. This is a very dynamic side of the conference with teams Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State at the top, and then a couple of upstart teams this year uh, like Maryland and Rutgers, and we can see if Indiana is able to get back to what they were able to do in 2020 and the redemption tour uh, that they will be on, the Hoosiers will be on this year. So without further ado, let's get into it. We will be starting off with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And let's start it off with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Just like the previous podcast, we will be doing the the same kind of format. Excited to be talking about Rutgers to start off. So to start off here, uh, my first memory of, of Rutgers, I, I got a little mini helmet. Uh, I believe it was for Easter that, that was given to me uh, by my parents. It, it was the big East and you have those like little pocket sized helmets and, and I'd play with them. And I remember my dad telling me, you know, this is a birthplace of college football and 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 kind of following them while they were in the Big East I was a big West Virginia fan so Rutgers we'd always go up against them uh and so really an interesting team uh really interesting move that they went to the Big Ten and uh it looks like Shiano is still trying to find his footing in the Big Ten for those of you who, who are unaware, Greg Schiano was here from 2001 to 2011, uh, later left. He went and coached uh, in the NFL, my beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, now that he's back, kind of bounced around uh, at a couple of, of universities, I believe, and now now he's back. So uh, he comes to Rutgers. Uh, he, this is his third year back, 3-6 um, and six in 2020. Five and eight last year, and trending in the right direction, I would say. Uh, at the beginning of the year, felt you know you felt good if you're a Rutgers. However, by the end of the year, you know you win three. Uh, you only win one of your last four games. Have a really big dip once when you uh, beat Delaware, forty-five to thirteen. Played well against Michigan, ends up losing. So uh, a lot of positives came out of last year. Went five and eight, uh, which was the most that they had won in a season since two thousand and fourteen. When they won eight games, so. At least you got back to that that moment. Uh, so now you're Rutgers. You're in the Big Ten. Very difficult. And on the harder side of the conference, mind you. And so Greg Schiano has his worker has his work uh, cut out for him. Uh, and he's got to be able to find a way to, to keep his head above water, to keep this team above water, and not be, be sinking. Because in the Big uh, Big Ten East, it is very difficult to do with teams like Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, those kinds of teams. So uh, when you're looking at the schedule, uh, arguably one of the toughest schedules, I would say top 10, if not top five, toughest schedules in the country this year. Uh, their non-conference games, Boston College, Wagner, and Temple, which Temple uh, is not very good. Wagner, I don't, I don't think won a game last year. And Boston College is kind of a toss-up, uh, just because uh, they've kind of gone in and out. They've been better of late, but you could always uh, say, you know, 
one way or another, that's kind of a toss-up game. And then you have an absolute gauntlet. You pull uh, Nebraska, Iowa, and Minnesota from that other side. So two of the top three contenders. And Nebraska, a lot of people are, are saying they're getting back to a bowl game this year, that they're going to be a lot better. Tough, tough draw from that side of the conference. However, uh, there are a few bright spots on this Rutgers uh, offense and defense that I want to highlight. First off, I want to highlight Curtis Dunlap Jr. He's number 51. He is a transfer from Minnesota. Had a had a really good season last year as a junior uh, of Minnesota. Did not allow uh, a sack. And uh, he was a part of that big Minnesota outbreak when Tanner Morgan was the quarterback a few years ago when he was a freshman. He was there and uh, and he's a really big staple and if they're going to do anything offensively their offensive line is going to be stout because the rest of the conference is amazing the top four are, are very good you're going up very good defenses so that is the right guard, Curtis Dunlap Jr., someone that you're going to want to be paying attention to. And then on the defensive side, we have uh, Christian Eisen. He is a strong safety. Uh, he wears number zero. He was really good last year. Uh, if you're going to be on this side of the conference, uh, kind of like the other side, I highlighted a lot of linebackers. On this side, you've got to have good time, uh, big time cornerbacks and big time safeties. Uh, Curtis Eisen is one of, or Christian Eisen, sorry, Christian Eisen is one one of those guys. So when you're looking at the schedule, you're like, okay, I, I, I see two wins for sure with Rutgers. You're hoping they can pull off a couple more. I, however, have them going for an eight to start off the season. Uh, I, I want to be wrong because I really do want to cheer for Rutgers. I want to cheer for Shiano. Uh, I want to see where these guys can go when they play super difficult games at Iowa at Michigan State, uh, and then you have Michigan and, and Penn State home, and that's just being on this side of the conference. You're going to have to pull some quick ones. You're going to have to beat a Nebraska, beat Indiana, uh, and beat a Maryland if you want to have uh, be vying for a bowl position. I will give Shiano credit. If there's anyone that can get Rutgers back to a bowl, it's him, but I just don't see it. Uh, I think that they can pull a couple of quick ones or, or maybe win a game or two that they're not favored in, but not uh, three or four in order to get over that hump and get into a bowl game that is the 22 Rutgers preview And moving on to the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, excited to talk about this team. Followed them for a while. Like most of these Big Ten teams, I have followed Coach Allen and what he has been able to do here uh, in in uh, Bloomington. Really interested to see what Indiana is. They are they are maybe, maybe one of the most interesting or compelling teams as far as uh, the 2022 season is concerned. Uh, last year, they may have been a victim of their own success. A lot of people were predicting that they have a very big season. I know people had them uh, competing with the tops of the, the, the Big Ten East, and it was because they had two really good seasons. They surprised everyone in 2019, uh, where they they really kind of got on a roll there. And then in 2020, only losing one regular season game, and that was to Ohio State by just a touchdown. And, uh, I mean, they did lose in the bowl game. And so, but they have a really, really good showing in 2020, and it's unfortunate that it was, you know, the COVID-shortened season and they weren't able to get out there and, and really show their talent because they would probably play teams like Idaho, Western Kentucky and pick up a couple of games and maybe get to that coveted double digit win mark, right? And uh, But very, very interesting uh, 
team to watch this year. They do bring back uh, 12, 13-ish starters, depending on how you cut it. Uh, I think that this team is going to be much improved from last year, and it will be we'll be able to see how this team reacts to last year and uh, and the way that they were kind of uh, you know beaten down by only posting that two and ten record. Now, a couple people that I want you to watch. First off, the quarterback uh, Connor uh, Bazelek. Uh, he's a transfer from Missouri. Coach Drinkwitz out there likes to throw the ball. Very high tempo, high powered offense. So I would assume if that's the kind of kids he's he's recruiting, that's what they would be bringing here to Indiana. I want to see how he plays. Uh, the quarterback position, obviously, very, very important on, on, on in any team. But I think especially for Indiana, if you want to be competing against the tops of the Big 10 East. Uh, I'm, as I'm looking across, uh, you know, I really think that Indiana can make a push to bowl eligibility. Unlike Rutgers, where I think Rutgers, they need a lot of help to get there. Indiana only needs a, you know, a couple bounces to go their way, and that would be all spearheaded by the quarterback getting making a couple of plays in key mo- moments. Another one that I want to highlight uh, on the defensive side, Devin Matthews. He wears number one. Uh, I think he's going to be very uh, crucial. Uh, again, like I said, in the Rutgers part. Uh, on the other side of the conference, we talk a lot about middle backers, defensive line. Uh, on this side of the conference, it's it's more so you need to have those quick corners and quick safeties because of the the offenses that you're going up against. And so, uh, you know, Devin Matthews definitely going to be uh, very uh, very key person to be watching. Now, Indiana has a very, very difficult schedule. Uh, they they have their non-conference. They have Idaho, Western Kentucky, and on the road against Cincinnati. Very difficult uh, uh, pole playing Cincinnati on the road. However, this team will have to show its grit by going to Cincinnati. Um, and then the other pole, Western Kentucky. Now, they only beat them by two last year, but they did beat them, and it was on the road. So hopefully, uh, you know, Indiana kind of puts those uh, woes behind them and, and comes out and beats Western Kentucky. I think you beat Idaho FCS team. Uh, but I really think this whole thing, like in the Illinois part of, of the previous podcast, is the... Illinois game you're on you're going to be on prime time I you know Friday night everyone's wanting college football you have the week zero games or whatever but you're really going to be tuning into that game I think that is what sets the tone for the season you get uh, you have a really good game and it's at home number one Illinois has to come to your house but if you set the tone on that one you can pick up you know your first three wins is is ideal right you're you're maybe three and one Four and one after a few games, you're rocking and rolling, and it's easy to pull one upset or two upsets. You know, you're looking at like a Maryland that might be be a close game, a Rutgers that might be a, a close game as well. You you win those games, all of a sudden you get to six wins, and that's all that you need. Uh, I do think that Indiana definitely uh, will need a little bit of help, but not as much help as Rutgers. Uh, I have this team going five and seven. I think that they're going to need to upset uh, a Nebraska, a Maryland, or a Purdue in order to get that that coveted bowl eligibility. But five and seven, I think, is is right where Indiana is, uh, and I think that they they can get to a bowl game. But I'm not predicting it for this year. That is your 22 Indiana Hoosiers preview. Next up, we are talking about the Maryland Terrapins. And this is a team that uh, is a team that I think 
could do some damage on this side of the conference. Uh, out of the people, out, out of kind of on the outside of the big four on this side, uh, this team definitely will and, and can make the big team sweat like a Michigan State, like a Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, Maryland, very unique spot this year. They bring back a plethora of offensive talent. Almost the entire offensive comes back from uh, the previous season, which is a very good uh, sign for Mike Loxley. And when you look at the defensive side, they bring back quite a bit of talent as well. I believe it's 16 in total that they are bringing back. And I think that Maryland, uh, it's been, I mean, Loxley got to the bowl game last year beat Virginia Tech in the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, but they had, it had been a while. It had been since 2016. I do think that uh, they'll be able to establish themselves and get back to a bowl game this year, unlike Indiana and Rutgers that need a little bit of help to get there. Uh, Maryland, I think, is going to be going uh, to a bowl game this year. Uh, as you look across their schedule, they have a fairly easy uh, start to the season. Buffalo, Charlotte, and SMU. The SMU game is, is interesting but you get it at home, uh, so I don't think there's going to be any problem there. The one that I am really interested, there's a three-game stretch right after that. Michigan, on the road against Michigan, home against Michigan State, home against Purdue. If they win two of three there, uh, if they can get a Michigan State and they can get a Purdue or get a Michigan and get a Purdue uh, or, or, or whatever, uh, lose to Purdue and beat the Michigan schools, I think Maryland's sitting really pretty uh, in that in that position. They're going to have to win the games that they're going that that that, that they got to win. They have to beat Northwestern. They've got to beat Indiana. They've got to beat Rutgers, and they've got to win their first three, right? Uh, but when you look at that, it's like, well, you get six games there. Now you're just playing upset Central, right? You want to beat a Penn State. You want to beat a Wisconsin. Uh, there's a very good chance, I think, that uh, November 5th game against Wisconsin, you're coming off of a bye. Now, Wisconsin is two. You're on the road. Uh, might get a little bit of uh, jumping around there in Wisconsin for Maryland to hopefully pull an upset if you're a Maryland fan or you're looking at a team like okay you know we beat SMU that Michigan game in the big house is tough but we're going to come back home and hopefully get an upset against the Spartans where you're at home Uh, Maryland definitely has the team to do it really interesting uh, team this year because they can kind of play you know upset uh, time because I think they 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 know they're going to bull game now it's just about how big of a bull game how deep is this team going to make a run uh when i'm looking at their team uh their wide receiver uh rakeem jarrett number five he is an absolute dynamic uh route runner super speedy as well someone that that again uh these wide receivers in the nfl are just getting bigger and bigger contracts and everything someone that you're going to be seeing play on sunday uh, i think he's going to be a really big key to that offense and, and how they use him he wears number five and then on on the other uh, side of the ball, Jacorian Bennett, again, a senior, wears number two. Uh, the secondary's got to be stout for Maryland. You're going up against Penn State. You're going up against Michigan State. You're going up against Ohio State. Uh, and then and then you forget Indiana and, and Rutgers. You've got to win those games as well. And so uh, I think Maryland is going to be sitting about seven and five. Uh, you know, Hopefully, if, if you're them, you're like, okay, uh, we got to get we've got to be one of the four in the big if not two of the four that are the the big dogs on this side of the conference win the games that we're supposed to win and they'll get to a bowl game uh, I am interested to see uh, uh, 
Tungavailoa, uh, Tua's little brother, play. I think that uh, if he is as good as his older brother was at Alabama, you know, in the playmaking, if he can make a couple of plays, Maryland's going to be talked about. Uh, I, I see them, if they're able to get a win or two against the top dogs as, a, you know, close to a top 25 team, uh, just or on the outside looking in of that top 25, this team can kind of establish it. And this is the team to do it. You're bringing back a lot of starters. You have a fairly uh, good schedule that is, that is you know, leaning into your favor. And uh, that's how I see Maryland. So seven wins is what I have right now. Uh, but if they get a couple of those, those upsets like we've talked about that moves them up to eight or nine wins and then you're talking about a legit squad but really excited to see them uh i think that, that we'll know more about them uh right about that smu game i don't think buffalo or charlotte's going to give them much of a game at that smu game i think we're really going to see what kind of a maryland team we have and if they can make that run that is your 22 maryland preview Our next team up is the Michigan State Spartans. And last year was one amazing year if you were a Spartan fan. Going 11-2, Mel Tucker seemingly willing his team to victory. You've got uh, wins over Michigan. And so you're feeling pretty good if you are a Spartan fan right now. Now, you did lose to Pittsburgh in the, in the, in the bowl game. Who cares about that? 11-1 regular season. Now, I want to break it down uh, for the Spartan fans here. Growing up, I, I grew up in, in, in Utah, and so uh, I was in and around sports a lot. Uh, I ended up becoming a cross-country runner, and I loved the University of Colorado. So I kind of just naturally gravitated to Colorado to watch, and I loved Mel Tucker there. Uh, as a Colorado Buffalo fan, I'd, I'd tune in, you know, Pac-12 after dark, all of those things, watch the Buffalo, and I thought he was really building something there. When he got when he got moved to Michigan State, I was, of course, like kind of disappointed. I wanted him to see in Colorado, but I may, I, I understood it. Money, prestige, you're in the Big Ten, you know, where, where he, you know, his footprint is, he's going to make a difference. I didn't think it would be this fast. In 2020, he goes two and five, right? But you beat your rivals, Michigan, so who really cares what the rest of the year kind of included, right? And then you turn around, uh, still have the COVID offseason, you know, still have a ton of restrictions going on in that. And then you post an 11 and one regular season record. If you are a Spartan fan, you are feeling great uh, about him as a coach and uh, where this team is headed. Now, it'll be interesting to see because this is his third year uh, next year, more so more than anything, is the people that he's recruiting. Now, uh, you know, of course, they had uh, Mark Dan. Tony before him, but it, these are still kind of you're about 50-50 split between D'Antoni and Tucker kids. So it will be these are the two years that I really see that coaches can can separate as good recruiters and to see where the program's headed over the next decade or so. Or obviously, uh, Michigan State is is totally fine hanging on to a coach long term like they did with uh, uh, D'Antoni, D'Antonio. Sorry, like he did with D'Antonio. Uh, so Mel Tucker kind of has that long runway. As I look, though, Michigan State does have a very difficult schedule, like most on this side of the conference. They did lose quite a bit on the offensive side of the ball. 
And that's going to be tough, uh, losing a running back like Kenneth Walker. A lot of people picking him in in, in the fantasy draft. Someone to keep an eye on, right, on on, on Sunday. But uh, very difficult. You do have uh, Peyton Thorne still as a quarterback. But uh, when you're looking at it, uh, you know, you did lose quite a bit on the offensive side. On the defensive side, you're bringing back a lot. There's a lot of young talent. And so you're feeling good, I guess, if you're on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Usually the the defense... uh, stout coming out. Uh, they've been able to practice all off season, and it takes offenses to kind of warm up. So, but but if you're a a Spartan fan, your first two games are against Mac Foes, Western Michigan, and Akron, and then you're on the road in Seattle, which again will set the tone for the rest of the season and uh, how I see this season playing out. A couple of people that I want to highlight. On the the Michigan State Spartans, uh, Jaden Reed, he's a wide receiver. I think him and Peyton Thorne are going to have that connection. Somebody that I really want to uh, be watching, paying close attention to, he's number one. And then uh, on the defensive side of the ball, number three, Xavier Henderson. Again, uh, safeties are going to be very, very big. I've been highlighting a lot of them on this side of the conference because I know cornerbacks and safeties are what's going to separate uh, a good defense from a great defense from, you know, an all-time or all, you know, Big Ten defense that you need to have when you're going up against Michigan State, or, you know, this is Michigan State, but Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. Uh, as I look across, I think the, the the toughest game for me is the Wisconsin game. You get Ohio State the week before, and then you're Wisconsin the week after. Two very, very difficult games uh, back-to-back there. Uh, you do get Michigan off of a bye. They're coming off of a bye as well. Let's see if you can go in and beat them three straight years. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I'm very, very curious to see what the Spartans are going to be capable of uh, and if they're able to continue this this kind of rise, if they can just plug and play instead of a little rebuild that a lot of people are call, calling for this year. Uh, as I look across it, I have them sitting about the eight-win mark. I do think that they can get to double digits. They're going to need some help. They've got to be you know, like a Minnesota, an Ohio State, a Wisconsin, a Michigan, a Penn State. You've got to beat them. Beat the ones you're supposed to beat, and then you have to play, you know, the upset king once when it comes down to those big ones. Um, they do play, you know, five big teams. You're hoping to win two or three of them uh, to hit that double-digit win mark. So that is your 22 Michigan State Spartan preview. Now that we have been able to go over the Spartans, we will be moving on to the Penn State Nittany Lions. Now, this is a team that last year, I believe, didn't live up to the expectations, kind of like Indiana the year last year as well, did not live up to what we thought that Penn State was capable of. Uh, they beat Auburn in the third week, 28-20, to 20, and I think a lot of people in the national media, including myself, really saw this Penn State team uh, as to challenge for the the Big Ten title, right? They were going to give Ohio State and Michigan a run for their money. As I watched their games last year, injuries did beset the Nittany Lions, but that still didn't stop them from getting to a bowl game, and they did end up losing to Arkansas by a score of 10-24. to Now, I'm really excited to watch this team this next year. I think that their schedule really opens up for them, and they can make a run uh, similar to what I thought that they would do last year, this year. Now, again, a last couple of years been down a bit, 20-24-5, 21-7-6, so they're looking for a big-time bounce-back year uh 
with Sean Clifford under center. Uh, a couple of notable people that I want you guys to be paying attention to. Number three, Parker Washington. He is the wide receiver, and he was electric last year. He is going to be a main target on that offense and quarterback Sean Clifford. Uh, as I watched how he was able to progress last year, I really think that he is going to be a big surprise to the rest of the Big Ten. Uh, I think that Penn State knows exactly what they got. They have an absolute stud. Just just to let you guys know, he has recorded uh, 1,310 career receiving yards, uh, which is 22nd already in program history. Now he is just a soft, sophomore, right? Uh, 100 receptions in his first two seasons. And so he is an absolute stud. Cannot wait to see him on the field. I think, like I said, Penn State knows what they have in him, but I don't know if the rest of the Big Ten is ready to cover him. Uh, He is an absolute dynamic wide receiver on the offensive side. The person I want you guys to be paying attention to on the defensive side is number 16, uh, G.I.R. Brown. Now, he is classified as a strong safety, but this guy, you might as well call him the turnover machine. He recorded six interceptions last year, uh, along with two fumble recoveries. Like I said, on this side of the conference, the secondary is so, so important uh, to make sure that you have a good secondary when you're going up against dynamic teams like Ohio State, dynamic teams like Michigan State, and Michigan. These guys are going to be very key and crucial, even with Michigan's run game when you're watching them uh, do that. uh, Getting to that second and third level can be very devastating to a defense. So having a a turnover machine like uh, Mr. Brown here, I believe that... Penn State will utilize him in a very important role this upcoming season. Now, when you look at the schedule, uh, it is still a daunting schedule. Like most uh, schedules on this side of the conference, they do pull Ohio, Auburn, and Central Michigan in the non-conference game, and that is at Auburn, uh, mind you. So that will be a very difficult game that third week of the season. One of the games that I really want to focus on for Penn State is the Week 8 game against Minnesota. When you're looking at it, uh, they're going to have a bye right after the Northwestern game at the Big House and then home against Minnesota, home against Ohio State. That Minnesota game is kind of just sandwiched in between there. Now, if you're saying, okay, I think that they're going to lose to Michigan or or beat Michigan. Uh, if they lose, you're like, okay, we can get back. But you have a game where you're, where you're looking forward to a Michigan team uh, a week in between and then looking forward to an Ohio State team. It might be very easy, well, it is very easy to overlook teams like Minnesota, especially when you're at home, uh, if you're coming off of a big victory or you're looking forward to uh, upset uh, Ohio State. I do really like James Franklin. I believe with uh, what he's been able to do here. I think that this is a team that can once again get back into contention. Unlike last year, I don't think they're going to get post a regular season of 7-5. and five. Uh, I believe that this is a team that can get upwards of 10 games. I do have them coming in at 9-3. and three, three losses coming to the Nittany Lions, but I don't think that is going to stop them. I wouldn't be surprised if they get to that 10-win uh, mark in the regular season. This is a very good football team. I and we will see where the chips fall where they may uh, as far as uh, Michigan and Ohio State and Michigan State is concerned. But do not count out the Nittany Lions. I think that James Franklin has got them pointed in the right direction and they can be able to make that run uh, and maybe even into the national spotlight more so this year than of previous years. Watch out for your 22 Penn State Nittany Lions. 
With just two teams remaining in the Big Ten East preview, I cannot wait to talk about this next team, and that is the Michigan Wolverines. You'll probably hear a lot of stories about Michigan. I have followed this team since I was came out of the womb with my mother. My dad has been a huge Michigan fan my entire life, and so Saturday, if we weren't playing football ourselves, we were at home watching the Michigan Wolverines. I even remember recording when TiVo became an option of no one allowing uh, to tell my dad what the score of the game had been because he wanted to watch his beloved Wolverines uh, play and then not to have it spoiled. A little bit easier back in the time where we where cellular devices weren't as apparent, but it was a lot of don't tell dad the score if you ended up finding out what the score was or we ran home, turned on the, the TV and saw what it was. Uh, the 22 Michigan Wolverines, I think, are going to be just as dangerous as the 21 Michigan Wolverines. And that is mainly uh, due to a very easy start to the season. The first four games, I believe Michigan uh, will blow out all of the teams. That is including Maryland. I do like Maryland this year, but I really think this Michigan Wolverines team is going to be very difficult. You look at the run that they're going to have to go on. uh, They do get Iowa and Penn State before the bye, uh, but they do get Michigan State off of a bye. They're coming off of a bye as well. And then you get, uh, you know, that awesome game on November 26th at Ohio State, in Columbus, in the Horseshoe, which could be one of the most electrifying games of the year. It is very possible that both teams are undefeated going into that game, uh, and that is playing for a spot really in the college football playoff as a mini playoff preview. I think that uh, one of these two teams will win the Big Ten this year. Uh, and Michigan is hoping to replicate what they did last year by beating Ohio State by a score of 42-27. to 27. A couple of people that I want you guys to pay attention to this year, uh, the running back, Mike Corum, absolute stud. Uh, the run game uh, has been, last year was very predicated on the success of the offense. Uh, the run set up the pass, and I do think that Cade uh, McNamara is a good uh I believe that they'll have certain situations where they'll be able to even use the backup quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. And uh, I believe that this is going to be one of the most dynamic Michigan offenses that we've seen. Last year was good, but I think having one more year under their belt, one more year of Coach Harbaugh coaching them, that this team will be good. Now, again, like I said, you're looking at it uh, as far as the offensive side, but the defensive side is just as stacked. Now, they did end up losing uh, Hutchinson on the defensive side, so the person that you really need to be paying attention to is Taylor Upshaw, number 91. He is a junior. He is the edge rusher. Uh, You cannot fill the shoes of someone uh, like Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson, now playing for the Detroit Lions, right? But you can... uh, hopefully get 80% of what he was, uh, and you're going to hope that you can develop uh, Mr. Upshot into what Aiden Hutchinson was. The the way that he was able to get to the quarterback is the reason why he was picked so high in the draft. I think that uh, he will be able to do it off the edge, Taylor Upshot, and he is set to have a big year and hopefully have his draft stock climb because all of the NFL scouts will know that Michigan is capable of, of having a good edge rusher, uh, D-end, edge kind of guy, edge linebacker, if you want to say that. Uh, and so I think a lot of eyes will be on him as he is able to pressure the quarterbacks, uh, namely Sean Clifford. And also, 
C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Uh, now, Michigan, you've got to continue to play well like you did last year. You cannot lose to Michigan State. I think if you're a Michigan fan, you're hoping to beat both of your rivals this year and uh, get over that hump. You do get Michigan State at the big house. Uh, last time they were at the big house, they did lose 24-27 to to Michigan State, so it'll be important to get a win uh, there on October 29th. And then, of course, the game on November 26th against Ohio State. I think the biggest trap game, though, of the year is that October 1st game at Iowa, five weeks into the season, uh, coming off of four uh, teams that I think that you're able to take care of, but you're on the road. That can be a difficult one. Like I said, with Iowa, you can get a win. You can kind of sneak a win against Michigan just because of the way the way that Iowa lands in the Michigan schedule. And uh, But it's very, like I said, very real possibility that they are 11-0 going into the final game of the season with every thing on the line and I do like this Michigan Wolverines team I have them at 11 and 1 this year uh, I think that they'll lose one game I don't know I don't think they'll go undefeated but I do think that this is a Michigan team that we need to be focused on I think a lot of national media will be on them and we will see if coach Harbaugh will be able to get back to the college football playoff <laughs> Now moving on to the final team of the Big Ten East 20-team preview is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, as I said before in this podcast, that I did grow up in the house of a prominent Michigan fan, but that will not sway my opinion on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Like I said, I want to be as objective as possible, and this year, this team is stacked. One of the most important things I think for this year is that Ryan Day is in his fifth year and I have a couple of theories as far as coaches go that I'll get into in a, a bit later. This schedule for the Ohio State Buckeyes is difficult though. Right out of the gate they're playing Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame over years past have been good. You look since 2017, 10 wins, 12 wins, 11 wins, 10 wins, 11 wins. So we will see if this team will be able to get back to that. They have Ohio State right out of the gate on the road uh, if you're if you're the Fighting Irish. In Ohio State, you get them in the horseshoe. You are hoping that uh, with the mix-up at coaching with Marcus Freeman on, you know, now at the coach at Notre Dame, that you'll be able to exploit them. But then again, you don't really know what you're going to be getting with them as far as the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. You do get Arkansas State and Toledo, which I think you'll run through. And then you get Wisconsin uh, the fourth week. So unlike Michigan, this, the Ohio State schedule starts up absolutely grueling with two top 25 if not top 15 teams and then you'll get Michigan State the week after so that first uh, six games is going to be very difficult for Ohio State and then when you come back off your bye you get Iowa and then on the road against Penn State Uh, if you're able to survive that first gauntlet of games and you get to the Iowa game which I believe that Ohio State will be able to take care of them and Penn State uh, you then get into what I would classify as the easier part of the schedule and then finally you are hosting uh, your bitter rival in the Michigan Wolverines on November 26th. Uh, a couple of key people that I want you guys to pay attention to, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He is a slot number 11. He is 
an absolute burner. The kid has wills. He's going to be very fun to watch. You saw how many uh, receivers were drafted in the NFL. This is a kid that I think a lot of people are going to be focusing on. Uh, it will give C.J. Stroud uh, just another option along with uh, Trayvon Henderson. I think that on the offensive side, this team is absolutely stacked, but we cannot forget about the defense. Uh, I really want you guys to pay attention to number nine, Zach Harrison. He is an absolute beast in the middle. He's the D-tackle. Again, he's going to be very important against a team like Wisconsin, Iowa, and Michigan that are ten tend to run first, right? Have that run first mentality on offense and clogging up the lanes. Uh, again, he is somebody that I could see going as a top 10 pick if he has a really good season. A lot of national media attention is going to be on the Buckeyes this year. Uh, like I said about the Wolverines, a lot, a lot of eyes will be on them. And so every single game is going to feel like it is you know, the most important game of the season. The one game I will say that Ohio State does need to watch out for is that week nine game against Penn State. Uh, coming off of a bye, you're going to be locked in against Iowa. It will be at home. Uh, you'll be feeling good about yourself if you you know you get that win. And then you have to go to Happy Valley. Uh, you know, late October game, uh, October 29th, right? I don't think there's anything more beautiful than than a Big Ten. East battle on a Saturday night in in October, right? Uh, the fans are going to be electric. It's going to, everyone's going to be coming out. Everyone's going to be focusing on that game, especially because Penn State very well could be undefeated at that point, uh, depending on how the game against Michigan and the game against Auburn goes, if you're Penn State. But I think we've got really a three-way race for the Big Ten East. I think it's more so Ohio State and Michigan right at the top. Uh, Penn State just a little bit behind, and then Michigan State just a little bit behind that. I can't wait to see how the cookie crumbles. Now, I wanted to jump to what I said about Ryan Day. Uh, now, one of the most uh, important things I think that is, is often missed is where the the head coach is at in their tenure. Uh, a lot of people were saying at the beginning of the tenure for Ryan Day was these are Urban Meyer kids. By your fifth year, these are kids that you've went into their homes, you've recruited, uh, you, you've scouted, you know them, uh, they know you. And I'm very interested to see what Ryan's, Ryan Day is able to do with his very own kids. All of them are his, of course, transfers and stuff like that. But for the most part, recruiting has been on the helm. He's been at the helm of that. And uh, that fifth year is really big. So if you're able to get back to 11 wins, uh, I think we're going to continue 11, 12, 13 wins if you're Ohio State, right? You're going to continue to see the dominance that, that was there when Urban Meyer was there as well. And with Michigan beating you last year, you've kind of rekindled a little bit more of that uh, animosity towards uh, Michigan and uh, can't wait to watch this team uh, I think them and Michigan are definitely in the hunt for a playoff berth I think that these two one of these two depending on what happens on November 26th and we'll obviously be doing a preview of that game but whatever happens then they'll be the winners of the Big Ten they'll be moving on to be playing in the college football playoff very excited to watch them watch out for uh, another number 11 Smith and Jigba and then also so number nine, Zach Harrison. This has been your 22 Ohio State Buckeyes preview. Now, how fun was that? That was an amazing preview here at the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Uh, we went through the Big Ten East today, right? A lot of dynamic teams. I think that this side of the conference is going to be the one that you are going to be uh, locked into every single Saturday. Uh, very 
nuanced storylines. I'm excited to see what, what Marilyn does. I'm excited to see what Shiano and Rutgers does. And of course, I cannot wait to see uh, the game on November 26th in Columbus, Ohio. I think that, uh, like I said in the preview, that it really is a race with Michigan and Ohio State. Of course, all of that being said, there's caveats with everyone has to stay healthy uh, and, and, and and those kinds of things, right? People often dismiss health. I, I think it's a very important key, uh, but very interesting to see this. This side of the conference is something that I cannot wait to watch this year. And uh, not, not, nothing against the Big Ten West. I just think that this side of the conference is absolutely loaded. Now, it will be interesting to see if, in the future if they will do what the Pac-12 is doing, where they're taking the top two best teams to play in the Big Ten uh, you know, conference game instead of just, uh, you know, having the two sides of the conference, but very excited nonetheless. So that has been your 22 uh, Big Ten East uh, preview. And uh, I cannot wait until next week where we'll be releasing our, you know, quote unquote week zero preview. We have a few games that are uh, before that week one preview. So we'll be doing a lot of fun things, have a couple of games, have a special guest that will be coming on uh, talking as far as the betting side, the betting aspect of college football. For those of you who are into that and your states uh, obviously allow you to do that. So a lot of fun things. I know that we've had, uh, we've gone over a lot of information be for, be sure to note those players down and be sure to reach out to us through our socials let us know if we miss a player let me know if there's somebody that i need to keep an eye on of course the, these are uh, a lot of teams to cover but i'm always up to listen to why you think someone might be more dynamic or someone to keep an eye on because you know what i love watching nfl on sunday as well and this is what those guys goal is eventually thank you guys so much for listening be sure to hit that subscribe button until next time have a good week